This is AgriPulse Drive Time, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers and the National Grassroots Campaign, I Make America. I'm your host, Jeff Nelly. Well, it was a soggy day indeed at the 2018 Farm Progress Show here in Boone, Iowa. With threatening weather, guests were asked to vacate the grounds pending threatening weather conditions to come. A whole lot of the crowd had more than a little mud on their tires for their drive back to their hotels. For those who remember the Farm Progress shows of old, which were held on actual farms, paved streets were certainly a blessing, almost as much as indoor plumbing on the grounds. Well, next week, legislators from the House and the Senate are back on Capitol Hill. Kansas Senator Pat Roberts will convene the first full meeting of the Conference Committee on the Farm Bill. House Ag Ranking Member Colin Peterson is our guest on this week's Open Mic. He says there's been progress on bringing the two proposals together during the August break. Well, they're making pretty good progress, you know, when they've been keeping us informed. I actually went back to D.C. last week for two days and uh, spent some time with my staff. I spent time with Senator Roberts and uh, Senator Stabenow. I think it was very productive. Uh, so we've been working on it, and uh, I would have to say the last two, three days, things have started to break loose. Uh, decisions being made, there is uh, uh, less being made of things that uh, the big four have to resolve, and uh, they've got a timeline in terms of what we have to meet in order to get this thing done by September 30th. In the interview, which is still available at AgriPulse.com, Peterson says September 12th or 13th may be the drop-dead date for a completed piece of legislation to allow time for a budget score from OMB. Peterson didn't want to talk about a farm bill in the lame duck session. He's given notice that he's all in on a conclusion of the new plan. I told... uh both Roberts and Stabenow, that I'm there to help them get this done, that whatever they can agree to on SNAP, on food stamps, that I am with them. Uh, you know, I'm, it's, it's between the two of them and uh, the chairman of Conaway. Whatever, they can, whatever the Senate will agree to, I can agree to. You know, so I'm not going to be holding this thing up if I got anything to say about it. On a separate topic, last week Peterson didn't seem too optimistic on Canada's participation in a NAFTA 2.0 deal. I mean, there was never any chance of the Canadians giving up the supply management system. I don't, you know, I mean, this whole trade thing is just it's all politics. And it doesn't make any sense. But in the case of dairy, I mean, I can guarantee you, and I could have guaranteed them before they ever started, that the Canadians are not going to give up their system. And we made a mistake in NAFTA, allowing them to keep it. And they can do whatever they want, but uh, there won't be a NAFTA deal if they insist on the Canadians giving up supply management. It's not going to happen. So this this idea that that's going to be any kind of savior of dairy is is a non-starter. Well, yesterday, the Trump administration announced a deal with Mexico and a doing away with NAFTA. AgriPulse's Spencer Chase spoke with Iowa Congressman Steve King this morning before the sky opened up. King said only time will tell whether the Trump trade agenda will be successful. History books will write whether it is or whether it isn't. But um, we are now in a place where I think we can be optimistic about a Canadian deal that would put the three pieces of the NAFTA jigsaw puzzle together in a way that's more, more significantly more favorable 
to the United States. And with regard to agriculture, um, it looks like anything that we know about this Mexican deal is good for agriculture. We don't go backwards. I think we go forwards. And an end to NAFTA would force the Canadians to the table if they intend to maintain preferred trade status with both the U.S. and Mexico. The U.S.-Mexican deal doesn't clear thorny issues with Canada, but it also doesn't allow for a maintaining of the status quo. King says the pressure on agriculture in the country and in his district is very, very real. It's a high test time, and all across the Corn Belt especially, you know, we feel this. And this district, yeah, this 4th Congressional District, is the number one pork-producing district in America, the number one soybean-producing district in America. So we feel this more intensively here than anywhere else. And uh, I want those folks to know that in Congress so that when I talk to them about that, They've got their ear tuned in the right way. The Iowa Republican was pleased with the trade assistance package for soybean growers, but less complimentary for the help offered to other commodities in his district. Penny for corn sounds like um, nothing would have been about the same. And um, that message that that sends is pretty wobbly. I have not dug into that. I want to ask them at USDA how they arrived at that number. But um, I, I think the, the soybean number is a far, far better kind of a, uh, kind of a proposal. And hogs, well, we need to ask some more detailed questions about that, about our custom feeders and how does this work if they're, if they're custom feeding for large operations like, say, Tyson or Smithfield. And I want to get that sorted out before I say very much about the, the hog side of this thing at $8. Secretary Purdue did suggest yesterday that the administration would evaluate when and if the rest of the $12 billion in funds would be offered for farmers. Well, AgriPulse Drive Time is brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. Here's Spencer Chase. We're joined today by Greg Petrus with Kuhn. And Greg, we hear a lot about steel and aluminum tariffs and what that might mean to the equipment manufacturer. Can you tell me how those tariffs might trickle down to the American farmer and rancher? We've seen uh, just amazing increases in the cost of uh, steel over 2017, about 48% safer hot rolled coiled steel alone. And uh, those are going to trickle down either through uh, need for efficiencies uh, internally or it'll be uh, price increases for the customers. And we hate to see that happen, especially in this economy when the commodities for farmers are already at a low point. Well, that's your Tuesday edition of Drive Time from Muddy, Iowa. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Nally.